0: Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to First Kings chapter 22. First Kings chapter 22. I don't know about you, but I always loved coming to Sunday school and learning from the stories of the Old Testament. A lot of people look at the Old Testament as antiquated, outdated, doesn't apply anymore, and they're really wrong. So the ceremonial laws and things like that don't apply anymore. But Paul said the Old Testament was written for our admonition. It was written for our learning so we could grow. So we wouldn't make the same mistakes they made, right? And I believe God wants us to learn from others. So not just others in the Bible, but sometimes others around us as well. Uh, we can learn from the examples and the influence of good people that God uses in our life to teach us things sometimes we learn what to do and sometimes we learn what not to do that right but you know if uh if you're wise you can learn something from anybody isn't that right and that's the good that's the goodness of god so we're gonna look at first kings 22 and we're gonna learn a lesson from jehoshaphat this morning jehoshaphat however you pronounce it and uh I think it'll be good. I hope you'll enjoy it as well. So, if you haven't found your place, First Kings 22, let's stand together. We'll pray, and then we'll begin reading in verse 2. We'll read a good bit of this chapter as we see the story unfolding, Jehoshaphat and King Ahab. Let's pray first, and then we'll begin. Father, how we love you today, and how we thank you for your precious word. Lord, we thank you for the stories of the Bible, and this one in particular, we ask that you'd teach us today some life lessons from Jehoshaphat. Lord, we just ask that you take this time and speak to our hearts. Lord, guide us in this study. We pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you'll apply the word to our life and to our heart. Teach us and help us grow as a Christian and to know how to live the Christian life a little bit better because of what we learned today. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. All right, in verse 2, the Bible says, And it came to pass... "...in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel." This would be Ahab. "...and the king of Israel said unto his servants, "'Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours? And we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Assyria." And he said unto Jehoshaphat, "'Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth-Gilead?' And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, and my people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. And the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we may inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Ilmah. By... We may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, for he doth not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. And the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, Micaiah, of the son of Imla. And the king of Israel And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Shaniah, made him horns of iron and said, Thus saith the Lord, With these thou shalt push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and prosper. For the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. And he came unto the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. Can you hear the sarcasm coming out? And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And he said... I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left, And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah the son of Shaniah, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son. And say, thus saith the king, Put this fellow in, in the prison, and feed him with the bread of affliction, and with the water of affliction, until I come, again, or until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself, and I will enter into the battle, but put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had rule over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore, he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed upon his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria... And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria and the dogs looked up his blood and they washed his armor according to the word of the Lord which he spake. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did and the ivory house which he had made and all the cities that he built are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers and Ahaziah his son reigned in his stead. What a sad ending. Thank you. You may be seated. So we have the story of two kings, the king of Israel and the king of Judah. And as they come together, Ahab, the king of Israel, says, let's go to battle, let's retake Ramoth Gilead. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, speaks some words of wisdom. And had Ahab been a man of God and a man of wisdom, the the end of this story would be very different. But the Bible says the way of transgressors is hard. What I want us to do is not look at Ahab's life. Of course, we could learn a lot of what not to do. But I'd like to see the wisdom of Jehoshaphat as he interacts with Ahab. And I would like to learn some lessons from the life of Jehoshaphat that we could use in living the Christian life today. Notice as they talk together, Jehoshaphat was trying to guide King Ahab into a wise way of moving forward. And you know, you and I need to discover this because we we need to apply this to our life as Christians today when we're trying to make decisions about what to do and how to respond and and we're trying to make plans for the future. And so I want to show you here what we can learn. Verse 5, the Bible tells us, if we go back to the beginning of the story, That when Ahab brought this proposition up, Jehoshaphat said in verse 5, he said, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. So before they ever made plans, before Jehoshaphat ever even gave an opinion about the matter at hand of going to war, he said, hey, let's talk to God about this. Which leads us right here to the first lesson that we can learn. And it's this. Always seek the will of God about what you are going to do. Always seek the will of God about what you are going to do. Now here we have someone in the position of of a king. Now I think we understand that, that when you're a leader, the consequences of your decisions weigh a little heavier because they not only affect you, but they affect everyone under you. In this case, it's the leader of a nation, the nation of Israel. We have the king of Israel about to make a decision concerning war of all topics and jehoshaphat being wise says shouldn't we talk to god about this let's inquire of the lord today you know that's a great thing to do before you start making plans it's good to go to god and say lord what would you have me do lord what is the will of god for me in this situation you know in order to to do this you you know you have to You have to be willing to ask counsel, right? They're asking counsel, first of all, of the right person. We're talking about asking counsel of God. And in your own personal prayer time, you have to be humble enough. Yes, it requires humility because without humility, we think we know everything. Oh, I know what to do. But sometimes the first thing we think we should do is probably the last thing we should do. And so we need to ask counsel of God and we need to get the guidance of the Lord to seek the will of God about what we're going to do. Now, the will of God is known by the Word of God. You know, you and I have no way of knowing the will of God about a particular matter outside of this book. The Bible is the book that God gave us to reveal Himself to us. And so anything we know about the will of God is going to come from the pages of Scripture. No wonder uh, someone once said, you can't be spiritual without being scriptural think about that you can't be spiritual without being scriptural if you want to be a spiritual person if you want to be a spiritual christian then you've got to get to know this book and you know that requires doing your homework that requires daily reading and prayer and walking with god in your life that that requires a lifetime of learning Right From God's word and learning from others, listening to devotions and messages and and sermons. And you know, what? what a better time to live because we have access to the internet. And I mean, everything's on the internet. Did you know if you forget a Bible verse, did you know you can go to your internet browser right on your phone and you can type in the words you remember and then type in, I would advise you, if you have a King James Bible, type in the words you remember and then type in KJV. And it will pull up the reference for you. Did you know that? On any internet browser, you can find the Word of God. What a handy tool. How convenient. And so if you're ever witnessing to someone or telling them what the Bible says and you can't remember where it's at, pull your phone out and look it up and give them a chapter and verse. Amen? Because so often when you're talking to someone, they're going to want to go and look it up just to see if you were right. Do you really know what you're talking about? (laughs) And they'll be able to do that if you give them a reference. So here we have it. We're holding in our lap this morning the precious word of God. This book reveals God to us, and by this book, we can know the will of God. But the will of God, guess what? You have to know it before you can do it. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that go to church that don't know the will of God. There's a lot of people that have a Bible that don't know the will of God. Do you know the will of God? Do you know the will of God enough to advise somebody on how to be in the will of God and how to respond in a way that lines up with God's will? You know, the the challenging thing is knowing the Bible enough to be able to help somebody out with it. But then sometimes we're good at helping other people, but we can't advise ourselves. And I think each one of those represent just different levels of spiritual maturity. You know, knowing the word of God, knowing the will of God, and then being able to counsel and advise others, that's another level. And then being able to counsel and advise yourself. You know, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. And you can't do that unless you have knowledge of the word of God. You've got to be able to draw on that knowledge and then advise yourself, this is what the will of God is. This is what God would want me to do. Or go to a Bible verse and from that verse get some direction in your life. Always seek the will of God about what you're going to do. You know, that's one of the first disciplines that you got to learn as a Christian. Before you make plans, and look, it's challenging. It's challenging. You know, one of the hardest things to do is look in the mirror and say no to this guy right here. It's easy to tell everybody else that. Oh, you shouldn't do, oh, hey, you should have better self-control. You should have more patience. You need to slow down. You need to pray more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to tell everybody else that. It's hard to tell yourself that, isn't it? Oh, you need to pray more. You need to find the will of God. You know, we need to slow down enough to take some time and say, God, what would you have me do? What is the will of God in this situation? And be able to find that out. So Jehoshaphat's trying to do that. He, he's, a, he's a king. He's the king of Judah. And, and as Ahab, the king of Israel, is talking to him and he's making plans for war, Jehoshaphat has the courage to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk to God about this. Let's inquire of the Lord before we go to battle. And that's exactly what they're going to do. But not only that, Jehoshaphat does something else that I want us to learn from. Because the Bible tells us that when he, when he says let's inquire of the Lord and let's, let's find out what the will of God is, notice that something happens. The Bible tells us that the king of Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 6, the king of Israel gathers the prophets together, and the Bible tells us here it's about 400 of them. So this is a large group of prophets, and the king is used to hearing from them, right? And, and, and here's what's interesting. When can you get a room full of people to all agree on something? Right? That's almost impossible, isn't it? But the Bible tells us here that they speak as one man. They all agree. And they're saying the same thing. They're saying, go up and the Lord will deliver it into your hand. And I can just picture, if I was a fly on the wall, I think I would see Jehoshaphat just just cringing a little bit, just making a little face, like, you know, he's, he's feeling something on the inside. There's a little voice there that's saying, ah, man, something don't seem right about this. You ever had that feeling? You know the old saying that says, uh, if it seems too good to be true, <laughs> it probably is, right? And so here's Jehoshaphat with some years of wisdom and he's in this situation and he, he asked the king, hey, can't we, can't we ask God about this? And so the king gathers up the prophets. Now he's in the presence of 400 prophets and they're all with one accord giving, giving counsel. Go up and, and take Ramoth Gilead. The Lord is going to give it in your hands. And just all of a sudden, he, he just has this feeling, something ain't right. Something's not right here. And that leads us to our next lesson. Number two, listen to that inner voice. You know, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we as believers, we have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. The book of Ephesians tells us that. We have the Holy Spirit living with us. There's other places as well, but, but Ephesians talks about that we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, in Ephesians chapter one. And so guess what? John, I think it's in John 15 or 16 John tells us the ministry of the Holy Spirit what he does he he promotes the Lord Jesus Christ he brings things to our remembrance Um, he shows us I believe the will of God and so here we find that Jehoshaphat is listening to that inner voice that's saying something's not right here we have an inner voice that comes from conscience we have an inner voice that comes from instinct we also have an inner voice that comes from the Holy Spirit And as Christians, as believers, we have to develop the ability to identify which one of those voices is speaking to us. And we need to know when to listen to that inner voice. Especially when it's the Lord speaking to us. And when God is nudging you to do something, especially when he wants you to do something for him. Oh, you need to do that. You need to make sure that you do that. Or maybe when God is nudging you and maybe he's pulling you and he's trying to get you to not do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. My, how we need to listen to the Lord. And so Jehoshaphat is sitting in this situation. Everything's right. 400 preachers are all agreeing and he's saying, man, this is just not mm, Something's just not right here. He has to listen to that inner voice. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Listen to the inner voice that God gives you, especially when the Holy Spirit's talking to you. You know, the Holy Spirit talks to us in church sometimes. The Holy Spirit talks to us when we're reading the Bible sometimes. Sometimes the Holy Spirit talks to us after something happens. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that right? The Holy Spirit, I don't. he does me. The Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't have acted that way. I hear that voice. I know God. He corrects me. He guides me. He directs. And if we'll listen to God, we'll be in a much better position. Ahab is trying to get Jehoshaphat to go to war with him to retake Ramoth Gilead from Syria. Jehoshaphat has the wisdom to say, whoa, 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 let's ask God about this first. Let's see what God's will is concerning the matter and when the prophets all say what ahab wants to hear jehoshaphat recognizes something is amiss and we would be wise to listen when god tells us that not only that though we see because we're looking at this picture and we see that jehoshaphat in verse 7 stops notice what he does He's got 400 prophets prophesying. They're all saying the same thing. He's listening to that inner voice, and it causes him to say, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of him? Think about that. I don't know who these prophets were, and I don't know why he made that request, but he's putting a distinction between these prophets and the man of God. And, you know, that's not a bad idea when you're trying to get advice and you're trying to find the will of God for your life. Doesn't it just make sense to find someone who has a reputation, who's known for being a person of God, a man of God, a woman of God and get advice from them? Right. If you want to if you want to do the right thing, then wouldn't it make sense to get advice from someone who's doing the right thing? And so that's what he's asking here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, let's find a prophet of God here, and let's ask him. He's listening to that inner voice. Why is he, why is he having to do that? I want, I want you to see the next point. Look at verse 10. The Bible says, And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat on each on his throne, having put their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets prophesied before them. So they're all together there, all All four hundred. And look at the latter part of verse 11. Thus saith the Lord. That's what these guys are saying. Uh, with these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. You guys are going you're gonna, to you're gonna annihilate the Syrians. You're going to win. Look at verse 12. And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. You know, there's a hard lesson to be learned in verses 10, 11, and 12. And I'm telling you, this is a hard one. You ready? You're taking notes. Write it down like this. The majority is not always right. The majority is not always right. Hey, I'm a freedom-loving American. I love democracy as much as anybody But democratic rule can be dangerous because the majority is not always right. We need to be careful. Do you think our founding fathers knew this? Could that be maybe why they gave us a republic, a democratic republic, with a representative form of government where it's still of the people, by the people, for the people? Do you think that's why they created a balance of powers between the executive branch and the judicial branch, you know, and so forth? Do you think that might be why we have an electoral college? So that three states don't rule the country? Because the majority is not always right? And the electoral college is the only mechanism in our system that allows each state to be equally represented and have a voice in Congress. You think about that. Because if we ever eliminate that, we're, we're in big trouble. You know the three states that will be ruling the country well, as soon as we eliminate that. Because the other states won't have an equal voice any longer. <clears throat> the majority's not always right. What does the Bible say about the majority? Have you ever thought about that? The Bible says, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. That goes all the way back to the book of Exodus. Think about that. How many times was the majority of the children of Israel right when they were wandering through the wilderness? Not many. (laughs) But there were a lot of times when the majority of them were speaking, weren't they? Remember, they came to Moses and said, hey, we had more to eat back in Egypt. We want to turn around and go back. Well, if Moses had listened to the majority, there would be no Israel today. Think about that. The majority is not always right. And you got to know that when you're making decisions because sometimes it's very tempting to get on board with the majority, go with the flow, fit in, you know, and just move with everyone else. Be part of the herd. Is that really what you want to be, part of the herd? Or do you want to be what God wants you to be? Because sometimes you're going to have to make a distinct choice between those two positions Because you cannot do both. In this situation, Jehoshaphat is being faced with a situation where the majority is saying one thing. They're delivering one message in a unified voice. Go up to Ramoth Gilead. The Lord will deliver it into your hands. Well, we've already read the whole story. We know that did not happen. And so what are we learning from this? We're learning that the majority is not always right. hard lessons that one's hard because it goes against what we feel it goes against sometimes what we think we have to be wise and wiser than our impulses to figure this one out i'm glad jehoshaphat was wise he said isn't there a prophet of the lord here that we can ask of him You see, what Jehoshaphat understood when he made that request was this. This is the next lesson. If you're taking notes, it's number four. He understood this. There will always be a source of truth. And it may not be on the national news. And it may not be the front page of the paper. But there will always be a source of truth. Look at verse 14. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So here's the Micaiah, the prophet of God, coming on the scene, and they're asking him, Hey, just, just blend in with everybody. Just, just say what they're saying. Hey, can't you just be on the king's side just one time? And Micaiah says, No, I, I have to say what God would have me say. And, you know, that's what we need in our, in our land today. We, we need some Christians that would stand up and say, I have to say what God would have me say. I have to do what God would have me do. I have to choose the way God would have me choose. I have to vote the way God would have me vote. You know, and I believe God is maybe, maybe more than candidates. God is interested in values. So it's very important to know what these candidates believe before we go cast our vote for them. Not just what they talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Politicians are all good at talking, aren't they? I'm talking about all of them. You can't put your confidence in Democrats. You can't put your confidence in Republicans. You can't put your confidence in Green Party, Tea Party, no party. better put your confidence in God and then find out who lines up with him regardless of what party they're in. Who's lining up with God's values and let's get on their side. I believe that's what God... What have us do you know especially if we're going to do what the bible says in the new testament if we're going to shine as lights in the world how do you let your light shine i believe by by representing god's values in this world by making choices that line up with god's values by making decisions by living a life that lines up with god's values hey look god god doesn't approve of everything we need to know that so that we can line up with what he does approve of that's what it talks about in Romans chapter 12 that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God how can you do that if you don't know what's acceptable and what's not look we don't have to get a grandstand and go around proclaiming what's not acceptable actually I think we should do the opposite you know some 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 Baptist preachers are are more known for what they're against than what they're for. In this dark day, all you got to do is talk about what you're for, and you'll stand out. It's not really hard. Just live for God. You'll, you'll, You'll be different, I promise. Be like going in a dark room and just lighting a match. That's a bright light in that room because there's no other source of light. You know, God has always made sure down through history and throughout time that there's always a source of truth. And I'm telling you, in your life, when you make decisions, if you're trying to find the will of God, I want you to remember there's always a source of truth. God will send you truth if you're seeking it so that you can make the right decision. Now, let's talk about that source for a minute. There's always a source for truth, but you have to seek it out, first of all. You have to be seeking truth. Some people, are, some people are not seeking truth. And I've seen people who are not seeking truth come this close to it and can't see it. You ever seen that? And you think, boy, come on, <laughs> you know? Wake up. It's right there. They don't see it. It's because they don't want to see it. Hey, that's not God's fault. So I hope this morning you would make up your mind that that's not going to be you. That may represent a lot of people, but that's not going to be me. I want to know the truth. I want God to show me the truth. The next thing is you have to think about this. Can you identify the truth? If truth walked up, would you recognize it? If you can't recognize truth, if you can't identify truth, then you might have a problem. And here's why. Because it doesn't always come from the source that you might expect. There's a lot of people today that just think, if you, walk into a, if you walk into a building that is a church, and in their mind, that includes everything that calls itself a church. They would think, in there, you should find truth. How many of you know that's not necessarily the case? You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of people today that think, if I turn on my TV and news is being given... I should hear the truth. But how many of you understand that it's not necessarily the truth? Right? You got it? It's about perspective. And sometimes the truth gets altered. And a perspective is what's re- what it's replaced with. And we call that an agenda. Somebody has an agenda that's not in line with the agenda of truth. Anyway, that's another sermon. But can you identify the truth from any source? I'm thinking of a story in the Bible, in the Old Testament, of course, where, you know, there was a, a man of God who was really wanting to do something. And he was asking God about it. Lord, is it okay? Can I do this? Can I do this? And, you know, here's what we want to say. Well, we want to say, well, preacher, hey, I prayed about it. Yeah, that'll make it right, you know. We want to say, well, I prayed about it. God didn't strike me. So guess what? We want to interpret that as I got a green light from God. And I never have quite understood that green light from God. Okay. So this man went ahead. And he went against the will of God. His name was Balaam. You remember the story? Oh, he wanted to go so bad. Why? Because Balak, the king, not the king of Israel, right? The king, he, this, this king wanted to curse Israel. And he wanted Balaam, the prophet, to come and put a curse on God's people so that he could defeat them in battle. And so he wanted Balaam to come and curse God's people. And he promised him all these riches and stuff if he would come do it. So, boy, Balaam was sure wanting a green light on that one. And he was itching so bad to go that as soon as he thought he got a green light from God, because God finally said, okay, look, if they come calling one more time, then you go with them. But they didn't come. The next morning he got up, got his stuff together, and went to them. Because he said, oh, that's my green light. God said I could go. No, that's, that's you hearing what you want to hear. And we do that sometimes, don't we? Well, Balaam sure did. I know I have. So Balaam heard what he wanted to hear. He got his green light from God and he got on his donkey and he went. And as he went, you remember the angel stood with a flaming sword to resist them. And God opened the eyes of the donkey. The donkey could see the angel, but Balaam couldn't. And the donkey knew, boy, this is going to be bad. And so you remember after, you know, trying to get around the angel and crushing his leg against the wall and all this kind of stuff, finally the donkey just drops, you know, and I'm not going any further. And Balaam gets off, and he's, he's hollering at the donkey. He's probably hitting it. Who knows, you know? He lost it. And I don't know about you. I think this is really funny. God lets the donkey talk. And the donkey talks to Balaam, and he starts talking to the donkey. He's so mad, he doesn't even realize that a donkey's talking to him. <laughs> right? And so we see in this story that God used the donkey, saved Balaam's life, right? Got him out of a bad situation. Crazy stuff. Guess what? The donkey was telling Balaam the truth. Hey, man, he was saying you are going against God. This angel's in the way. If I hadn't dropped right here, he would have killed you. I'm saying all that because, you know, we got to think sometimes because sometimes God will speak from an unlikely source. You know, you know, men, sometimes God will speak through your wife. Sometimes God will speak to you through your kids. They might even be little elementary age, toddler even. You don't think God can speak through a... If God can speak through a donkey... Read the book of Daniel. God just wrote it on the wall. And God can put truth wherever he wants to. He can put it on a billboard sign driving down the road. He can put it in a a quote from history. God can put truth in a movie scene. God can have truth flash across the the headlines of the news. Hey, listen, God has no limit to the ways he can deliver truth to you. The question is, can you identify truth from any source? Are you willing to receive truth from a source other than what you're accustomed to? Is it okay if God speaks to you in any of these alternate ways? Hey, you know, growing up, I had, to, I had to learn that. And I had to let God speak to me as a teenage student. And he was speaking to me through students who were younger than I was. And I had to decide, am I going to be too proud to listen? Or am I going to recognize that that is truth right there? Whether they know it or not, that's truth, and God wants me to pay attention to that. You see, because you read the book of Proverbs, and you, you have to understand that the wise person is the person who has ears to hear. And the one who has ears to hear is the one who's looking for truth. Right? And the Bible says that truth is out proclaiming in the streets. Right? Whoso is simple, turn in hither. Right? The, the, truth, the truth is calling for you. God gives us an invitation to wisdom, to be wise. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. But you've got to be humble enough to receive that truth from whatever source God sends it. You have to be listening enough, and you have to be able to identify, recognize, that's God speaking to me through that person, through that platform, even if they don't realize it. And then and only then will you be guaranteed to get the the guidance that you need. Otherwise you might miss it. You know Balaam missed it. And we could probably we could probably all take the rest of the day giving examples of times when God spoke to us from unlikely sources. It's really just a matter of your own humility. Are you teachable? Will you listen? Let me give you the last lesson. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally, Micaiah got there and he gave the truth to King Ahab. And he told him, hey, guess what? A lying spirit came before God and he's the one speaking through all your prophets. That's why they're all in agreement. And and, and look, this is all a plot for your life. And Micaiah laid the whole thing out to him. And he did that in, in, the, in the verses toward the end of the story. Verses 26 through 28 show us the response. How did, how did King Ahab respond when he finally heard truth from the unlikely source, the one person he didn't want to hear it from? What did he do? The Bible says in verse 26, And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon the governor of the city and to Joash the king's son and say, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with the bread of affliction and the water of affliction until I come in peace. What did Ahab say about him? Remember when Jehoshaphat said, Isn't there a preacher we can ask? He said, Oh, I hate him. I hate him. He don't ever say anything good about me. Right. What was he saying? He was saying, I hate Micaiah, the prophet of the Lord, because he never says what I want to hear. And you know, I'm afraid sometimes. That's why we don't get advice. That's why we don't get counsel. Because we know it ain't going to be what we want to hear. Ouch. But you know, if you're going to, if you're going to grow past that, that you're going to have to swallow that one. You're going to have to be willing to say, Okay, okay, God, I want to hear the truth, even if it ain't what I want to hear. Here's the last lesson when you have found the truth, what will you do with it? This is the reason, right here, why not every Christian grows and matures in their faith like they should oh they might say well i've been in this church since noah landed okay fine what does that really mean you've been here the longest does that make you the most spiritual no because if you don't do something with truth when you hear it then you don't grow And if you don't do the right thing with truth, you know what that tells me? That tells me you're, you're more carnally minded than you are spiritually minded. You're not the kind of person I want to follow anyway. You're not even going the right direction. Ahab refused to listen to the truth because it wasn't what he wanted to hear. What did he do with the truth? He punished the messenger. Hey, don't shoot the messenger, (laughs) right? But that's what Ahab was doing. You know, that's what a lot of people do. You know, we see that a lot in our country. We, we We see that on TV. We see that in politics. They don't like what this person's promoting. What are the first thing they do? Destroy that person's name, destroy their character, their platform, everything, right? Shoot the messenger. We don't like what he's saying. Well, the only way to get right and stay right is to receive the truth when you hear it. To act upon it when you know what it is. You can't be in the will of God if you don't even know what it is. And you can't be in the will of God if you reject the truth when it comes your way. So, when you found the truth, what are you going to do with it? Can I just tell you that it works best when your mind is already made up ahead of time? You have to decide ahead of time. I'm going to be the kind of person that says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We have a little chorus that we sing on this subject. The little chorus, the words go like this. Yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. How about you? Yes, before I ever even know what it is. that's, that's That's like signing the check before it's even filled out. But we're willing to do that with God because we know he's right and we know his ways are good. Even if it goes against the grain of who I am sometimes. His way is always better than my way. And if I trust that, I can go ahead and sign. Yes, Lord, yes. You know, that's what Isaiah was doing when he said, here am I, Lord. Send me. How about you this morning? Would you say yes to the Lord? Would you be like Jehoshaphat? Always seek the will of God about what it is you want to do. Listen to that inner voice and act accordingly. Always know that the majority is not always right. And there will always be a source of truth. If you're looking for truth, God will give it to you. But the question is, once you find it, what are you going to do with it? I hope today you'll make up your mind and say, I'm not going to be like Ahab. Oh, no. Remember, Ahab didn't go home from this one because he didn't listen to what God said. But Jehoshaphat, even though 32 leaders in the the opposing army... Or on his tail. Any one of them could have taken him out. 32. They all left when they found out he wasn't Ahab. Jehoshaphat went home alive. He wasn't in the right place. He wasn't doing the right thing. It's because of who he was hanging out with. But I believe his heart attitude was right. He was trying to do the will of God. God spared his life. Isn't that interesting? I don't mean God's going to spare us from every hardship. I think there's a lot of hardships that came on him because of what he he did and where he was. But he at least lived through it. He lived to tell about it. Ahab didn't. Hey, you know, I hope if we had to pick between these two, that you would choose to be a Jehoshaphat and not an Ahab. Let's decide today to say, yes, Lord, yes. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be, yes, Lord, yes. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, how we love you today and how we just need your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us. Lord, we want the truth and we want to do what's right. We want to walk in the will of God. But in order to do that, Lord, we need you to guide us. And I pray today you would show us what you'd have us do. Show us how to walk closer to you. Show us, Lord, truth and the sources that you use to speak to us. May we always be willing to listen when you speak truth to our, into our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.